Live from Kent, this is The Late Late Show with Toby Payne Cook and Ed Finch. And you are listening live. Good evening, it's Wednesday, it's 9pm and it's time for me and Ed, Ed and Devon, me and Kent. We're going to talk books, 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 we're going to talk words, words, words. I am trying to be near the microphone tonight because I'm over this loud, booming intro music. Anyway, um, I haven't checked that Ed's going to join me tonight, so hopefully he will. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or join in the conversation by downloading the Podbean app and following Teachers Talk Radio. Hashtag TT Radio. Good evening, Ed. Oh, am I? Oi, oi, there he is. He's getting louder. Good evening. He's fading himself in. I'm here. Okay, well, I'll stand nearer the telephone, shall I? Is that the plan? Who have we got in the room? We've got in the room. Good evening, Lucy. Good evening, Tim. Good evening, Christine. And good evening, you. CPD, CCF. We have. (laughs) What a name. What a name. Conjuit, it's a is. rubbish word. It's a rubbish word. CPDCCF. But I tell you what, before we get on to the words, let's have some meaningless chit chat because I don't believe we can get a whole hour out of the words gig. I don't know. Are you I thinking? Know. I don't think we can. No, I'm. I'm not <laughs> sure. I think. I think you could get several hours out of it on Twitter on Saturday. Yeah, well, um, I think it's a very interesting program. If it's me reading the entire thread. I mean, I'm happy to. If that's what people want. No, I but we, we, can, we can. Uh, there's one or two words I want to rant about. Um, am I just just to listen to least people listening? Just am I echoing a bit? I've I've changed you rooms are, yeah. again. No, you sound you've like you've got a reverb on there to give it a bit of a churchy feel. Yes, I'm the church of my kitchen, which doesn't have much fabric in it. Stirring my hot chocolate, by the way. If people were disturbed by the noise, that's what it is. I liked it. We listened to you slurping, slurping soup last week. Oh, look at that. A bit of alliteration. (laughs) Slurping soup. And now you are um, stirring hot chocolate, which doesn't alliterate at all. Yeah. It's no, you're right. Let's not let's not talk words quite yet. We are going to be talking about words tonight. Um, but um, everything all right with you down in Devon, Ned? I'd say so. Sorry, it's possible. I could do with it being a little bit warmer. If I'm very it's still honest, January. You. It's still January, which we which which technically went into room one hundred and one last week. Yeah. Um, so the we are down. in my in my car has decided that it doesn't really doesn't really like being on. Is what I'd say. Oh. As a result, it takes a damn long time in the morning to uh, to be. <laughs> I mean, basically, it says on the dashboard that it's minus seven. Was this morning when I was driving to work minus seven? It said on the dashboard, and it was no warmer in in the car than it was out. So, yeah. um, oh, we got I, some extra people in, Ed. We got. Me? Sorry, I'm sorry to hear about your car heating. By the way, oh, I'm no, not ignoring who, you. Who we got just, in the room? We've got Mr. Shoe. Mr. Shu and Pat Link and Tom Rogers is in now as well. Um, Tom. I don't know. Mr. Shu has replied talking about alliterative drink. Um, what was it last week? Uh, quaffing coffee. Quaffing coffee. Tom is sending us a message as well. Good evening. Hey, 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 hey. Pat Link. Hi, guys. Uh, who else? There's someone to school down. We've got, we've got an unprecedented amount of live listeners for the start of the show, Ed. I'm all starstruck now. I don't know what to do. Now, Maxim's in. Maxim, he was in last oh, week. Hello, Maxim. How are you doing up there in the Isle of Man? Uh, yeah, well, all star, all star cast of listeners in a room. We better try to be entertaining, I suppose. Absolutely. Well, yeah, we better try and be entertaining. We've got a tune um, or two. I tell you what, we've lined up some, some pretty hot tunes for the show. So let's not let them get squeezed out. No. Do you want to start with one? I could do. I could start with one. Yeah. Oh, well, I say I could start with one. You have to give me a minute. Go on. Talk nonsense for about a minute while I just make sure I that I haven't got I haven't got oh, much to report. I had I've been I've had quite a quiet weekend. It was it was a solo weekend for me. So I've, this coming weekend is a is a dad weekend. 
Um, it was a solo weekend, but I did quite a lot of cooking at the weekend. I and, and I did post some of that on on Twitter. I, I get a bit annoyed with with you know using Twitter to 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 show off our own um, things, and so I'm very guilty of that. Sorry, everybody. Um, but yeah, and then I've enjoyed cooking. I've posted something tonight. I cooked a delicious batch of risotto tonight. That's what I've been into. I have been mostly cooking interesting yeah. food for myself or my daughters and putting some in the freezer um, as well. So before we launch into our word talk, Ed is going to play us a word themed song on what are you going to play it on, Ed? Ukulele or guitar? Um, I'm going to play on, on, a, on a Washburn. 12 string guitar if that's all right wow only i can't find it hang on a sec i had it what's it called that song which one well i don't want to give it away is the thing because i'll you know it's always an exciting moment for the audience when they finally figure out what it is i'm terribly <laughs> are you playing the best song that we came up with already um is, is it the opposite of down no, that one's that one's for after the break when I found a ukulele and worked out the chords. Okay, <laughs> um, the... which one are we doing then? Are you doing, um, not doing the extreme oh. song? Are you? No, that's got loads of difficult chords and it's really hard to sing. My it's friend really Jules, who you may I don't know if you do remember, I used to live right next door to him through lockdown and we used to spend. We decided we were a bubble really, um, and he loves that song, but I find it very hard to sing. No, I was going to go for a bit of Boyzone slash Bee Gees. Okay, Boyzone Bee Gees. Boyzone Bee Gees. Here we go. You can sing along if you like. What, what's the song title? Smile, I'm trying to look up the lip. Everlasting smile. A smile can bring you near to me. Don't ever let me find you gone. Because that would bring a tear to me. Is it, go, is it going well? It's going great. This world has lost its glory. Let's start a brand new story now, my love. You think that I don't even mean a single word I say. Join in with this bit. It's, it's only, only words, and words are all I have to take your heart away. You want verse two? Yeah. Talk in everlasting words and dedicate them all to me. And I will give you all my life there if you should call on me you think that i don't even mean a single word i say it's only words and words are all i have to take your heart away you want verse three do you know <laughs> that is enough, is it? Da, da, only words, words to take your heart away. Stands up from the bar stool, walks towards the camera, smiles coquettishly, rain falls. Excellent. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Oh, fantastic. Okay. People were blown away. Ed, I didn't know you could sing like that. That was beautiful. Beautiful. It was. Won a pen once with this song. Maxim, how did you win a pen with that song? I need the story. I need it now. Yes, come hang on. on. Yes, what? How did you? Yes, come on, Maxim. You need to type into the chat and tell us how you won a pen with this song. Good. Um, Ed. On the karaoke. Could be. Um, could be. So, Ed, you need to talk. You need to introduce our word chat now. Um, okay, <laughs> well, here's the thing. If you hadn't noticed, I mean, you may not have done, because why would you have done? On the Twitters, uh, after a, a little short conversation on this programme last week, I dropped in a <laughs> dropped in a suggestion. I asked people what is a word that they love, and if possible, could they tell us why? And I asked them for a word that makes their skin crawl. Um, so, I mean, the way into this is that it's absolute. Bobbins, I think that's the way. <laughs> Absolute 
office. People say they like words, but they seem mostly to like the meaning of the words, I think, rather the than the meaning words. Or the sound of the word, rather than two ways to the definition. There, yeah. And yes, um, most so mostly people seem to be liking words that get that have a a happy um, association for them. Yes, um, yes. So people, like, here we go. Um, my lovely friend, Nicole, who doesn't listen to the show, so I don't think she's going to take any offence. She says, the word scrutiny makes my skin crawl. Does scrutiny, does it, is it the word, do you think, or she's had some bad experiences with exactly. book scrutiny and things? Yeah, scrutiny is... Is, is there something with a word that makes us feel icky? I don't think so. I think scrutiny and your back goes up because somebody was very rude when they looked at your English books and pointed out you hadn't marked them for a term or something. She says mm. that she likes these words. So these are words that she likes. She likes a hoo-ha and a kerfuffle. Now, kerfuffle is a fun word, words, isn't it? But I know, Nicole, I know that she does like a hoo-ha and a kerfuffle quite apart from the sound of the words. So, you know, so people, anybody who's managed to find the thread is scrolling down will see that I replied to her I know you do, um, because she loves, she loves. Um, there's a lot of people saying that uh, they like certain words that I kind of think, I don't really think you like the words, I think you like the meaning. So how about this one? Um, our friend um, Boundless Learning Limited, uh, she says she likes the word mellifluous. Is that is the nice word. word she's enjoying, or is that the association of the word, do you think? I, I enjoyed using mellifluous in my writing the other day. I think I replied to her. Um, mellifluous is, it, it's not a word we use very often, is it? Um, and I, what I've been thinking about is, and what I was going to talk about, but I'll, I'll let you carry on for a bit, is that I think some words I like written down and some words I like to use in speech. And there's actually some words that, you know, like, for example, I like the word nebulous, um, I like using the word nebulous to describe things that are nebulous and not clear and a bit, a bit sort of, well, you know, a bit indecisive, a bit shades of grey, a bit, you know, things a bit nebulous. But I don't use that in writing very often because it's a sort of conversational word. And I think, I think, um, I think that's quite interesting. And some people said they didn't like the word myriad. They don't like the word myriad, but myriad, when you say it, doesn't sound great, but it's quite good written down. Um, because it's 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 a quite a different way of saying various and lots of or or many or multiple, isn't it? It's it's a more interesting way of saying that sometimes. So so I think that's what I've been thinking about since the 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 very scholarly thread that that happened on the twits. Well, what do you think about that? The writing down versus the um, mellifluous is good written down, and then when you but it also sounds nice. Because it sounds sort of as it means, doesn't it, I suppose? But, you know, I think as a scientist, <laughs> we can get over analytical about all this sort of stuff because yeah. it's all well, I mean, very so subjective. It's all very subjective. There were lots of words on the thread. There were lots of different words. So Sue O'Malley said, I love brouhaha. Brouhaha is a great word. And also shenanigans. So those are terrific words to say, to write, whatever. Brouhaha and shenanigans. But is she liking them because of the sound of them? Is she liking them because she enjoys a brouhaha? Maybe, I mean, we all enjoy a bit of shenanigans. At least I know I do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shenanigans is a great, it's shenanigans conjures up exactly what it is though, doesn't it? It's, it's, it's it very- works, It's work, mate. That's what they meant to do. Table conjures up exactly what it is. It's the word. No, 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 no. But, but table doesn't, shenanigans is quite onomatopoeic, isn't it? Isn't it? I hear you saying that, but I take issue with it. I don't really know. If it was a new word and somebody said, I've got this new word, it's brilliant. The word is shenanigans. What do you think it means? I don't know. I don't know. Is it part of the cell membrane? I don't know what it is. I don't think I would know. But, <laughs> Good um, point. <laughs> okay. I think it's, what's more it's... fun was more fun to look at was the words that people said they really, really, really didn't like, actually. Because I thought think it's clearer there. Um where people said so some of the words people said they didn't like were detritus. And I think, what's, what's the word? What's, what's wrong with detritus? You know, somebody said they didn't like the word mucous membrane. And I thought we're getting close to <laughs> two words. Well, one is two words, but two. I think what you're really telling me is that you don't like neither the mucus nor membranes. 
because I genuinely don't think. So the most popular one, and you can predict this, I think we knew it already, but it came out very, very, very strongly on a thread. The, the most unpopular word in English language is. in the uh, a rather strange uh, set of people that replied by a long way, though, by yeah. such a long way, is moist. Lots of people moist. saying that the word moist, oh, it makes their skin itch, oh, it makes but, their skin crawl, the word moist, oh, it's just awful. But then that's the way culture kicks in, isn't it? So in the same way that people can tell you, you know, Henry VIII's wives, um, whatever it is, um, divorced, beheaded, died, divorced, beheaded, survived, um, and people can tell you that 1066 was the Battle of Hastings, um, mm -hmm. People can sort of tell you that moist is their least favourite word because it sounds horrible. And so but it's sort of... It sound horrible, Mr. Finecook? Does it? Do well, I don't know. A... I don't know. But what I mean is it's entered the, it's entered the cultural vernacular that moist is an unpleasant sounding word. Whether it really is an unpleasant sounding word or whether people really truly believe it to be so mm -hmm. is neither here nor there. The well, fact is it's, it's sort of... It? Yeah, well, I think people believe that it's an unpleasant word, and I think they believe they have that that reaction to it. And if that's their truth, I'm not here to uh, tell them they're wrong, although they are, because none of them <laughs> seem to have a similar issue with oist, you know, or joist. Is it oist? What's the problem? Is, is there something about an um, an oist sound with a mer in front of it? Well, that's ridiculous. Well, also, uh, I mean, moist is a, generally a good thing. I mean, like you know, obviously, obviously mucous membrane gives us two mer, so maybe there is a problem with mer. But I think lots of just to just to kind of pick up on on the meaning of moist, um, you know, it's a good thing, isn't it? It's certainly better than dry. Well, I think now <laughs> being think a little lewd. I well, I'm not going to be lewd, but I think in general, I feel that lots of people were you know lots of people seem to not like things that have anything to do with mucus regardless of where that mucus i mean we have mucus membranes in many parts of our bodies i'm sure you know toby you know yes purely in the downstairs area don't like snot they don't like greb they don't like bogies they don't like you know there's there's a whole lot of words that they don't spunk is probably not very popular either oh i think it's terrific my mother used to use the word spunk in its uh Oh thought. yes, okay, all right. In, 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 she thought uh, that um, my mother, who's passed away ten years ago, right now, so I think I'm allowed to say it. She had a big crush on Sandra Bullock. I don't know if you remember she? when Sandra Bullock came to the fore in the movie Speed. Yes, my mother was instantly very conf convinced by her acting talent. I believe she went to see that film more than once because she uh, she thought Sandra really was superstar. She did an awful, awful rom com where she was like stalking some guy in a coma do you remember i think it might have been called while you were sleeping she's sort of like don't i can't see, remember don't think i've seen it in this car accident the guy went to hospital he was in a coma she started masquerading as his girlfriend his family accepted her and took them to her their their bosoms she it was how amusing that she got herself in this situation of course it turned out right when he came round from his coma and was instantly fine he fell straight in love with her it's great if it had been gender reversed i think it might have been quite creepy anyway <laughs> my mother thought that she was terrific in that as well and then took me to see it because she thought i would enjoy it so much and i did because who doesn't enjoy the other young sandra bullock but nonetheless mm. how did i get onto this you were, I mentioned the word spunk, and you, you suddenly thought of Sandra anyway, Bullock. My mother would have said on many occasions that he thought, thought Sandra Bullock was very spunky, which in my youth, because I was a young man at the time, I thought was quite amusing. Don't yes. Anyway, more spunky. Words, my mum used to word use the word spunky as well, actually. That's okay. interesting. So, because when if I say the word spunk, it is as rude as Tom Rogers inferred it was in the chat. And hello, Janavi from say, India as well. Say that. No, he didn't tell us off. No, no, but but I think I think I think spunky. Was, I remember Amanda's mother using that. My and and, and yeah. my my and my mum using it. Spunky is a word I that think people of that, that general because I think you know I think yeah. much much a generation really in a way. I think yes. Spunk and spunky, oh, he's full of spunk. and it did mean that. It's true. I don't know when it. I don't know the relation. It might be that the two meanings ran alongside each other. I, I wanted to get on to um, some words from other languages that I really. Oh, you like, like Scottish ones, don't you? 
So, well, I do, and I said in the thread, yeah, so my wife uh, was a Scot and my mum was a Scot. I don't think I quite get accepted as a Scot myself, but, you know, and um, so lots of great Scots words like ocht and wished and drich uh, all came up in the, in the, um, in the track. Uh, Miss Saeed, who's a uh, safe Senko, gave us some beautiful Urdu words, Atish Fisher, Atish Fisher, meaning volcano, but it's just a lovely word to say Ooh. and it feels nice to say and hear in my opinion um where is that word that's a french word i'm scrolling up looking this isn't very professional oh I'll tell you what get real i don't know who get real is but the word archipelago yes that's a yeah. great word well archipelago is a good word actually isn't it and peninsula i think you know words archipelago describing lots of sort of a string of islands isn't that archipelago and i like peninsula as well it's, which is almost an island, but it's got it's got one land border, hasn't it? Yeah. You could sort of work on it and try and convince yourself that archipelago is like an archipelago because it's got archipelago and they're quite hard consonants at the no. start. It's nonsense. It just sounds fun. But uh, Mr. N underscore Moose, I have no idea who N underscore Moose is. I don't think it's someone we know, but they have given us this fantastic French word, which I have not come across before. It means superfluous in French, but in a fancy way. You could use it instead of superflu. And here's the word it's superfetatoire. Superfetatoire. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Say super. You go. Super. Super. Me. Superfetatoire. That is good, isn't it? Superfetatoire means. Superfetatoire. Yeah. Isn't that a great word? Yes. Love it. Love that word. Superfetatoire. What's it mean? Yeah. It means superfluous, but like in a fancy way. So instead of just saying superflu, which means superfluous, because ah, superfetatoire, meaning it's really superfluous. It's not I a word I'm going to... Ed, you head said head. we couldn't fill an hour of this. I oh, think oh, it's going well. And you were wrong. And skedaddle, spoon, <laughs> spoon, what a word. Spoon. spoon. Let's all say it together. Out there in radio land, I'm going to count you in and we're all going to say spoon wherever we are around the world. One two three spoon. spoon love it preposterous preposterous here's a word which came up more than once i think three or four times susurrus or susuration yes uh, the sound of you know it's uh it's a great uh that is an onomatopoeic word isn't it that really is the sound of the wind in the trees yes susuration. yeah yeah and then a murmuration was that in there i think that murmuration of 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 um starlings, starlings mate starlings yes starlings yeah. starlings were there you can only usually think of the one can't you the moustache and the taxi driver's hat um, <laughs> murmuration of starlings of one was enough yeah um, <laughs> um and then um, yes a word that i don't know i've never i don't even know what it means but um s phoenix or shrenix nick owen um nick when people put 78 after name, you presume that's when they were born, don't you? Sweet yes. 78. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it could be wrong. Uh, anyway, she says that she loves the word lollygagging. A word I love. That sounds rude. It just makes me laugh saying it. It's Lolly. Me, but it sounds like absolute filth to me. It does oh, sound filth. Lollygagging <laughs> sounds like a sort of... Lollygagging. Uh-oh. I'm into lollygagging so when I can't find... When I can't find a spunky instrument, I like to do some lollygagging instead. <laughs> Don't say that. You go too far. Phenomenon, says Dr. Rachel Helm. Phenomenon. I tell you what, 99%, that's nausea, um, ticked all my boxes. She said she likes the word Mississippi. And I love the word Mississippi because I can write it without taking my pen off the paper and then I can go back along it and put the four dots in. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I -S 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 dot 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 dot. <laughs> love it. And Mississippi, that sounds a bit rude as well, though, doesn't it? Well, if you're going to go that way. Right, do you want some posh? Some yeah. posh <laughs> words. The posh words from James Hanscom, who's a very clever man. Curmudgeonly. Yeah, good word. 
Or I think so as much as I love um, Neil Young's music, curmudgeonly is good for for the and Damon Albarn's quite curmudgeonly. You know these these sort of musicians who who don't really like being interviewed about their craft or their art, and they're a bit awkward when they're interviewed, or you know, but yet they write the most wonderful songs and lyrics, and 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 but they can be quite curmudgeonly. It's a good word, curmudgeonly. I, I do it, it. Well, it describes. Yes. Oops. I'm, what am I doing? I'm playing around with the screen, and I'm trying to. I'm sorry. Carry on, Ed. I mean, I, mean I, could, I could just go on down this this thread forever and ever, just out reading out words and enjoying them. I bookmarked a few as well, so can I? I think I would do that because I've I've, I've got a few words I want to talk about, a couple I want to be rude about, and and then I've got Susie Dent's emotional dictionary, which oh, I've just well, looked up a few words in, which is quite fun. That, but, but I actually have a question out of this. It's a word that was I first came across a couple of weeks ago when I uh, shared a photograph of the not very much snow outside my house. Yeah. Um, and uh, people said to me, uh, uh, I was being, I think they, that I was, implied that I was being Nesh, right? Nesh. Now that word come up again in this chat. I love the word Ben and Nesh and Mithered. Now I think they're Scots words in terms of Ben and Mithered, but Nesh, I don't know as a Scots word. It seems to mean weak or cowardly, perhaps. Is anybody out there in Radio Land, anybody listening, able to drop into the chat what they think Nesh means? Or maybe they've got access to some sort of dictionary thing. Mm, I don't know. Nesh. I, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, talking I of people out there in Radio Land. Go a long way down with favourite country names. I think, uh, for example, uh, Tajikistan is the best country for name. Is it? Tajikistan. What, what country's got a better name? Um... On, I don't know. On the spot. On the spot. I haven't got a favourite country name. That's such a, I've, it's something I've never thought about. But you I, need, you get one. I don't think it's one of the long ones. I don't like too many syllables. I think it might be something. St. Kitts. Denmark. Denmark. <laughs> or or um, Senegal. Senegal. Or Mali. Or Peru. No, Peru. Peru. Douglas, what's which country has got the best name? Dunno. He says Dunno. Useless. Um, he used to help. That's not a country, Douglas. Not an answer. Um, well, come back when you got an answer to that, please. Um, but in the thread, in the th in, not in the thread, in the um chat, um, mm -hmm. we have um, oh, uh, we have some words. Um, Pac-Man. Um, is um, looking for scholarship and he okay. says he's from Ghana and he's given us his WhatsApp number and he's just tried joining. Hello, Pac-Man. Welcome to the show. I'm, we're not going to invite you to join in because Ed and I are megalomaniacs and we, we like to talk to ourselves and no one else really. And some, bizarrely, some people like to listen to us talking to each other. So, um, but thank you for, um, for, for joining. Um, Maxim, I always return to the first 100 sight words Bloody love those. Oh, yes, the Dolch list. That Dolch, he knew how to put together a list, didn't he? Yes, um, he did. But did he? Yeah, this, this is where, you know, not being a primary school English teacher or phonics teacher or, or whatever, um, I'm, I'm not totally ingrained in this. I, I know kind of what it is, but um, no, enlighten me, Ed. Okay, here we go. Here we go, because we can put a beat behind this, and and I can do your first ninety-five words, maybe as a, maybe as a rap or something. A and away, big blue can come down, find four funny go help here. I in is it jump little look make me my not one play red run see the sea two C's there three two two up we wear yellow you. It's great. I mean, it's yeah, it's good. You know? Oh, but honestly, it's not as good as the 95 adults list. It's not Tom Lehrer doing the elements, the periodic table um, chemical elements. I think we should have a go. So, uh, yeah, so Dolch does a, he's got his list of non-nouns and his list of nouns. And I think... Apple, baby, back, ball, bear, bed, bell, bird, birthday, boat, box, boy, bread, brother. That's the bees. Cake, car, cat, chair, chicken, children, Christmas, coat, corn, cow, day, dog, doll, door, duck. That's the D's there. Egg, I, farm, farmer. It's a very odd list. because You've done this before. No, I haven't. 
That was well, you're doing it brilliantly. I'm I'm zapping this up, Ed. Keep going. (laughs) I love it out there. So, but yeah, so Dolch supposedly you know analyzed a massive corpus of writing to find out what were the words that were most useful or most used. Yeah, and in that list, he's got dark egg, farm, farmer, squirrel, snow. Squirrel, rabbit, rain, ring, robin, Santa Claus, school, seed, sheep. Like I don't think your corpus was very well. I don't know though, dude. When when children are first learning words and learning things, it particularly growing up in rural part of the world, probably not urban city folk. But but you know you do learn the names of animals really early on. If you're if you're farmer if you're from a farming area, so I can I can see that. Some of the kids at my school can only learn in the context of beasts. Yeah, yeah exactly. You say, what is, I've got a good joke coming up, hands out. If you go, what's four sheep plus three sheep, they say seven sheep. I said to one, I said, there's 99 sheep in the field, okay? One finds a little gap in a hedge and it, and it wiggles through and out it goes. How many sheep have you got in the field? He said, none. I said, you don't know much about math, do you? He said, you don't know anything about sheep. Sheep. <laughs> That's a brilliant, brilliant joke. Excellent. Is that Adam Hill's joke? I don't know. I've known that joke for a long, great deal longer than I've known Adam. That's a cracking uh, joke, though, isn't it? It's a good yeah, joke. Yeah. It's a really good joke. Um, right, Ed. <laughs> the highlight of the show tonight, ladies and gentlemen. You can, you can log off now. You've had my one good joke. Um, are, we, are, you stop, are you not going to go to F's and, 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 and stuff, and then we'll do the well, news? I can do. If you, I mean, if there's a hunger for it. Oh, there is a hunger for it because it's it's filling filling time in our word show. Oh, come on, we 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 can press. Well, how have we got to F? Yeah, F. Here we go. Farm, farmer, father, feet, fire, fish, floor, flower, game, garden, girl, goodbye, grass, ground, hand, head, hill, home, horse, house, kitty, leg, letter, man, men, milk, money, morning, mother, name, nest, night. Party, picture, pig, rabbit, rain, ring, robin, Santa Claus, school, seed, sheep, shoes, sister, snow, song, squirrel, stick, street, sun, table, thing, time, top, top, toy, tree, watch, water, way, wind, window, slightly naughty word, wood. (laughs) Spunky wood. Let's go to the news. Thank you, Maxim. It could be a sellable resource, Ed, as Maxim has said. Um, okay, everyone. Um, so we've got some um, adverts and some news and and a little bit of a tech update. We'll be back in eight minutes for more word talk, which is it's difficult to do talk without words. So just more talk. Bye. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. The Christian Institute website carries a story on the reminder by Minister of State for Schools, Nick Gibb, that schools in England have a duty to remain politically impartial in their teaching and extracurricular activities. The guidance was published last year. But Mr Gibb was responding to MP Miriam Cates' references to a YouGov poll, which appears to reveal that the majority of UK children are being taught political ideology as fact. And he issued the reminder. Ms Cates was referencing a view that children are being taught that they can be born in the wrong body, as well as resources being used in schools which focus on the topic of gender identity. The DfE guidance comes as Scotland attempts to introduce new legislation on gender recognition, which is opposed by Westminster. The guidance states that schools should not under any circumstances work with or use materials produced by external agencies that take extreme political positions. The Varsity website reports on findings by a right-wing think tank that elite universities were more likely to use progressive terminology on their websites. 
Cambridge tops the table in the Radical Progressive University Guide, although the think tank Civitas does not appear to see this as a positive. Varsity highlights comments reported in the Daily Mail, which warned that half of our universities peddle their woke agenda to students. The think tank generated the findings after exploring university websites and news reports, looking for a series of key phrases including trigger warning, white privilege and anti-racism. Those with high incidences of key phrases were at the top of the table. Varsity acknowledges a view that Cambridge's political culture is to the left of the national one, but also highlights key figures in academia who feature prominently in the conservative press. It's hard to stay away from politics as announcements of strikes continued late last week. The TES reports on the continued deadlock in Scotland, whilst the Evening Standard covers talks between ministers and unions in England after the NEU confirmed strike dates for the coming weeks and months. These strikes are set to impact schools in England and Wales, although the BBC further reports on talks in Wales. Its news website reports that teachers and school leaders have been offered a one-off payment by the Welsh Government, similar to that offered to health workers, although unions have already said that the offer is not enough. Scottish media outlets have also carried a story about what it describes as fears about violence in schools. A clip now widely shared on social media shows an altercation between two students and that took place on the same day a male pupil was left unconscious following an assault. Whilst Police Scotland have said it's investigating both incidents, it has sparked debate on the state of behaviour in schools, particularly as such incidents have featured in headlines before. The Scottish Government has previously stated they're investing an additional £15 million this year to enhance capacity to effectively meet the needs of young people and that they were very clear that violence is unacceptable. In further political news, the petition put forward by three men known as the Three Dads Walking will go to Parliament. The men who all lost daughters to suicide want to get suicide prevention on the school curriculum. The petition they set up now has more than 155,000 signatures, which means that it will be discussed in Parliament after previously failing to be heard. Finally, more than 20,000 defibrillators will be sent to almost 18,000 state-funded schools by the end of the academic year. It comes after the government committed to ensuring there was a device in every school last year. The rollout comes after campaigning from the Oliver King Foundation and its founder Mark King, whose son died at 12 from a cardiac arrest while swimming at school. Guidance to support schools has been created, including awareness videos. And Education Secretary Gillian Keegan praised the work of the Oliver King Foundation and described the rollout as a huge milestone. Mr King stated, defibrillators save lives and that he hoped that families do not have to suffer the heartbreak of unnecessarily losing a child. This is for our Ollie. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, a while ago I asked you what is your go-to piece of tech? This week I had the pleasure of talking to Ian Kane, CEO of Wirral Respite and Alternative Provision, also known as RAP for short. So, Ian, what is your go-to piece of tech in your setting? Thanks, Steve. In our organisation, we are absolutely embedded in sharing our data via the cloud. And there's loads of software out there to do it. And there's a lot of bespoke software for our type of organisation, student information management services, uh, the likes of Sims or Arbor or, or, or things like that. But unfortunately, they're built around big organisations, big schools, uh, schools with up to 1,200 students. Certainly not for schools that have a turnaround of students who are completing courses in 12 weeks, and those students who are potentially returning but require new files. We've tried proprietary software, it's very, very expensive. But actually what we've fallen back to is what Google provides. Uh, using G Suite, which is now Google Workplace, we have access to spreadsheets, to um, form filling, uh, where for, for data collection, uh, Google Docs, which is, you're very familiar with everything via traditional Microsoft offices. Being able to link Docs uh, and Sheets and Forms 
together has been almost transformational for our organization. It's not the cheapest. Uh, I will say the per user price matches uh, what other software like Zoho or, or Microsoft will do, um, but offers a simpler version for us. Um, and offers us some interactivity that we've never had before. It handles our email, it handles our, our, our student information, so gathering attendance, it handles our finance, uh, so invoicing. Um, the, the, the way that the suite works, the way that the package works, just works really well for us. But with very little additional investment in time, effort and training, um, Google offers us everything that we need. The final sort of element that, that has been transformational for us is then being able to use proprietary hardware such as Chromebooks or even Android phones and the ability for us to then transfer our data and, and to, to be live in the cloud at all times has been uh, a really good thing for our organization. So there you have it, my number one go-to. It's definitely got to be Google Workplace. Thank you, Ian. As always, I'd love to hear what you want to know about tech. Do you have a go-to piece of tech? Let us know at TT Radio Official. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Good evening, and we're back in the room. And we have been talking a lot about words, and i still got lots more to say. Ed, how many more songs have you got for us? Do you, have you got just one more well, or two more? I mean, maybe somebody in the chat would like to suggest a song, but it would have to have words in it. I guess most songs do have. I had one prepared, but if oh, there's good. another should one we, out there... Should we leave, leave, leave the one you've got prepared for the for, for, for the end then, shall we? For the nail. Yeah. For, for, for the for nail. We can do that. We can do that. Yeah. Um, do you... Just want um, to shout I, out, before we move on from the, the sort of the thread, which has been rich pickings, can I just say lots of people loving the word discombobulated. So let's oh, just I want enjoy to talk that about that momentarily. Yes, a lot of people like discombobulated. Now, I remember when I did my PGCE, um, a seven to 14. So I did a, a secondary placement in the science department and a, a primary placement in, in year six, actually. And and I remember being in year six. And I don't know whether I was teaching when when the the more adventurous writers um, uh, in, in year six you know, had recently discovered the word discombobulated and it was everywhere, bloody where. And for that reason, I don't really like it because um, it does sound great. Discombobulated sounds great. But uh, have you seen it in much adult writing in fiction? Uh, it's, no, it's one of those stunt words. My it's friend a stunt Kate, word. Who is not a lot listening tonight, but she was trying out lots of words. She's trying to expand her um, vocabulary. So she's got some app on her phone which tries to teach her five words New a day. Words. Yeah. Um, and it was like, well, I said, well, you know, what's the point, Landis? These aren't words you're ever going to use. Pusillanimous. Um, well, exactly. And so when you're when you're writing in in year five or six and pro probably year seven as well. Daniel Bundred has joined us. Good evening, Daniel. So he can talk to us about year seven writers as a secondary English teacher, I believe. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of words packed in sometimes, you know, too many adverbs, too many adjectives. And um... giveaway, it's a giveaway. I tell you what, um, do you remember a book called Driving Over Lemons by Chris, no. something, Chris Stewart? He's a guy who he was the original drummer for Genesis when they were still all at school. And then he got kicked out and they got Phil Collins in. And since then, he's been a sheep farmer and a sheep shearer. He's had an interesting life. and He got enough money to buy a little small holding somewhere in southern Spain and wrote this book about setting up this a little farm in the mountains. Beautiful book, except he can't really write. He sounds it sounds like good writing, except it just quite isn't quite right. And yeah. I have. I mean, this is, I'm talking about the late 90s that I read this book and it stayed with me for over 20 years. My extreme irritation that he used the word mephitic twice in one book. Mephitic yeah. is a word which you can use once, right? My uh, yeah. my friend Carl is a drummer. He used to have one of those um, hexagonal electronic drums that goes, boo! Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. He says you can use it once in a set. <laughs> you take it to the gig, you get it out of the bag, you set it up, you plug it in, you do all that. You can use it once. Boo! If you do that, the audience will love it. If you play it more than Absolutely. once. Absolutely. Less less is more with, with yeah. words yeah. and with drums. Charlie Watts could create quite a groovy, yeah. swingy, wonderful sound with a very minimalist kit. 
Um, yeah. Whereas, you know, uh, you know, yes, those big sort of heavy metal. I mean, but this is the curse of, of primary school writing, which is kind of off the beaten track of what we were meant to be talking about. Well, no, I think I, I was hoping it's we might talk about this for a few minutes. On the wall. You know, some child has written a lovely, honest, plain declarative sentence. And then the teacher comes along and says, oh, I wonder if you could think of another adverb to squeeze in there. I don't think it'd be interesting to expand that noun into a noun phrase. Let's think if we can see if we can find a more interesting reporting verb. Said is dead. Why don't we say he, you know, and like they turn his writing into soup and it yeah. just doesn't work. You know, actually it doesn't work and it doesn't even, I don't believe, help you get your greater depth at year six. Because what helps you get your greater depth at year six if people give them monkeys about that? I'm not sure I do, but if they do then it's, uh, you know, it's writing effectively for audience is always going to be that trumps it. Anyway, yeah, yeah metaphysic. I mean, all, a lot of the well, words I was, I was, they love. Are that's what I was going to ask about, about writing, you know, actually on the subject, you know, we're obviously talking about words and alone and words are standalone things. But of course, words, you know, appear together in sentences and on the page in in writing and that's where we we see them and we learn them and we and we encounter them and um it's kind of do we in education in teaching you know i i i mean i think i remember a discussion on twitter about a year and a half ago probably with with christopher such who's written his book about you know he really knows a lot about primary reading doesn't he and as i know you do too of course ed but um but you know and i think there's a general thing that we we probably try to dive into writing too soon with children and don't do enough reading because of course we all know the more you read the better you speak the better you write you know and and it's on a sea of talk we say it's one of the things you get to hear when you go to train it's absolutely true it's i had to remind myself that this morning i'm teaching the three most able year twos come to my office every morning for an hour and we do some dreary materials from Read, Write, Inc. And um, I'm like, you go, go, do you know what? We just don't need to rush to the composition here. Let's make sure we can all tell this story and enjoy mm. telling this story. Because then when we go away to write it, we might actually enjoy writing it. it was if we sprint away. So, yeah, this morning we were doing proper classic Pi Corbett talk for writing in preparation for writing our own versions of chicken licking doesn't say that in the materials but i think if you don't do it yeah they need to know what they're writing but anyway yeah but i think i think would so would it would it would it be in terms of would it would be better in i'm being idealistic here or utopian but be better to do because uh, i know lots of words now um because i read a lot and i talk to interesting people whereas you know when i was seven or 11, or even even 18, frankly, um, you know, I didn't encounter many interesting words, because I didn't read, you know, books. So, so would it be better to sort of split the two out in education and, and do a little bit of writing with a simple vocabulary list, but then just explore words and write sentences, you know, like, like allegedly Vin- Winston Churchill spent you know, three years doing repeating year nine or whatever the third form would have been called at Harrow or whatever he was. But, you know, until you can construct a good sentence, what is the point in trying to construct a story unless you're telling it? I mean, I think telling a story is different to writing a story, well, of course. I, I mean, yeah, I'm sure I've mentioned before the school I worked at back in Oxfordshire before I moved down here to Devon, we developed our storytelling curriculum and, and it you know the children were speaking in in extended forms and and different tenses were being called from them because they needed to use different tenses to tell stories they needed like language of storytelling so all of that was being developed orally and it was turning up in their writing and we could see it and then they changed the um, do you remember the one year they changed the way they were going to um judge year six writing and suddenly it was absolutely all about the spag and at that point it wasn't so effective but in terms of getting kids to have language in their um, language in their lungs language in their ears language in their on their lips language in their throats you know storytelling was what it was at yeah and we focused yeah. on that and we did a bit of writing later i totally agree i think that um a lot of a lot of primary schools will have and maybe maybe english classrooms as well in in secondary might have word of the day on the board or something like that but but you know you sort of need Two or three words of the day, don't you? 
this was mm. introduced to me and I was like, well, that sounds like nonsense. Say, so our word of the day was cacophonous. And we all said it. Teacher said it. Children said it. My turn. Cacophonous. Your turn. Cacophonous. <laughs> and when they were queuing up for lunch and a bit, a bit noisy, I'd say, oh, children, it's a bit cacophonous out here. You're like, well, that's really useful, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Every child needs to know. Well, I'll tell you what, they do need to know the word cacophonous, but only so they can get the joke in asterisks and obelix. Other than that, you don't need to know it, do you? But, <laughs> by and the way, you... excellent word off the thread, just remembered. Sir S and Goblin, who is Ed, who lives in Cardiff and who drinks a very nice pub, which is also like an art centre. It's amazing. Anyway, he gives us a Welsh word to enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy this word. Bendigedig. 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 Benediction, which I think is really interesting. So it's a blessing, right? So you've got a Welsh word, which certainly has a Latin root there. There's no way a blessing, which is Bendigedig, is not a benediction, is there? I didn't know that the Welsh had nicked from uh, from Latinate languages, but they clearly have. Anyway, that's a great word. Bendigedig. Um, yes, I've, I've got I've got my the ones I booked, Mark, from the thread. I'm just going to quickly spool through. Richard Newbold, Newbold has just mentioned scintillate, um, but then that's partly it sounds so beautiful, unlike my memories of doing radioactive assays and measuring activity with a scintillation counter. Scintillate, scintillating. A scintillation counter. Yes, it is. It counts counts some um, you know um, radioactive sort of beats on a, it's a bit like a geiger counter sort but of thing someone so does that come first so if my conversation is scintillating it's become it's come from that way it's come from counter spotting the radioactive beats in a in a reaction do you think yeah, I, that I, I think so I, I can't remember what scintillation counters do is the way light reflected off a blade or something but oh. uh, who's oh, this a mrs k Mrs. K underscore sock sci, social sciences, presumably. I love the word plethora. Plethora is a good word. I like plethora. Plethora, I use that quite a lot, actually. Scrumptious, haberdashery, clinking, settle palindrome, flounce. Um, no, Lucy, is Lucy listening in? Lucy's listening in. She always is. Hello, good evening, Kate, as well. Good evening, um, others who've joined us after the news. Particularly, uh, Lucy dropped into the, into the thread the word cobnuts. Now, Cobb I don't nuts. know if cobnuts is one word or two. I don't care. She says it sounds like swearing. Cobnuts. Cobnuts. That's the sort of thing you could say. Cobnuts, governor. If, <laughs> if you would drop the top off your um, board pen and it rolled under uh, under Gratnall's tray unit and you needed to swear, but you were in front of children, you could say cobnuts, I think. Um, cobnuts, it's good. Like yeah, cobnuts is a good one. Um, I like, yes, I like. British cobnuts, they're from around down your way. Do you, uh, we do do you have them religiously? There's a company. There's a company that would go around all the Christmas fairs called Kentish Cobnuts, I think, and they they make them into all. They put them in chili, sweet chili dressings and sauces and all sorts of want, weird stuff. I want to go to the covered market and buy a bag of them. And yes. then just munch my way through them. I don't want good. Any chili. Dressing. Good. What but Cobnuts, good using. I use the word ferrets as a swear word. So you know, when I want to say, you know, if if I oh ferrets, obviously I'm wanting to say another word beginning with F. But ferrets or Cobnuts, yes, you can. I like substitute swear words, which which um yeah, and, and Maxim. Um, I'd like to meet Maxim because he's just written in the chat. A secondary school report once described me as overly verbose. Not just verbose, <laughs> but overly so. I'd like to have a, verbos ver a, ver a verbosity off with you, Maxim. And I reckon I'll beat you. Um, it depends what mood I'm in, mind you. Um, but anyway, I don't. I can't keep going through the, the thread. I've got a couple more words that I wanted to mention. Um, you talked about um, you talked about the bad writer just now with an M word. I can't remember what the M word was. You used it too much. And in a writer who I really, really like, who does throw in some words that, you know, you have to go and look up in a dictionary, um, Boyd. Mm. I like William Boyd. And in his most recent novel, uh, which we, I've spoken about on the show before, The Romantic, um, uh, which I really enjoyed reading last year, end of last year. And he used the word a little bit too much, but it is a fantastic word, and I've just used it in something I've written as well, vicissitudes. But but then, is it a necessary word? Vicissitudes, the vicissitudes of life, you know, the, 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 the but you could say the complexities of life, the, 
um, I suppose, but but then vicissitudes is it, vicissitudes are not as complex as is it? So... Not really, I suppose. It's the challenges of life, yes. But but it, it's a great word. But he he obviously enjoyed it, and, and um, it, it appeared quite a lot in 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 this book, the Romantic. And so I think um, other ones I've mentioned. We talked about kerfuffle and cacophony. Cacophony, sorry. Um, you mentioned you liked plop. Someone said the word plop on the on the um, thread. Yeah, it's pleasing, isn't it? Plop. Um, plop and we plop and we and and um I mean, pleasing... do we enjoy plop. them because of our choices so the person who plop. first mentioned plop on the thread i can't find it here but the person who did uh said it, you know it's a joy to say it's got that almost palindromic feel to it with a yeah. beginning at the end and also it's the name of a famous uh, of a favorite owl i don't know if you read the owl who's afraid of the dark to you any of your children i have i remember, I remember it, it but i don't the first chapter I could read independently was the hours and I was very proud of myself so plop has a special place for that but which I mean I guess at the end of the day yeah I think I enjoyed the word on the words for its own sake but it has happy uh, happy relevance to me which makes me like it more mm. speaking of which Harry McClary from Donaldson's Dairy yes great words in there and yes, and right. Anna my my youngest daughter yeah. um Anna, my youngest daughter, is now nearly um, 16. On, on the 6th of February, she'll become mm -hmm. sweet 16, to quote Neil Sadaka. Um, and um, she, I call her Doofler. I call her Doofs. That is my name. It's stuck. I will be calling her Doofs for the rest of her life. Um, I sometimes call her Anna, but, but um, and that comes from, it doesn't come directly, I don't think, from Harry Clarence, but it comes, there, was Harry, there was a bottomly Potts, and then I think I created this character, Doofly Poots. And it's just a doofler is someone who sort of faffs around and is a little bit clumsy and, and sort of jangly. And Anna's, Anna's quite lanky and, and tall. Chat, remember any of the dogs from Schnitzel? There's Schnitzel von Crumb with a very Schnitzel low Schnitzel von Crumb with a very low tum. Harry McClary from Donaldson's Dairy. Um, there was bo Bitsa Maloney, Bottomly Potts. There was definitely a Bottomly Potts. Um, Bitsa yeah. Maloney, all skinny and bony. So like a lurcher or something. Come on, people, looking for. I'm looking in the chat. I want more of the dogs. Um, other words, I some sciencey words. I love the word amorphous. I've worked on amorphous is um, without form, without form, not non-crystalline materials, non-crystalline solids, amorphous. Glasses are amorphous. They don't have a crystalline lattice inside them. I like the word amorphous. It's good. It's a non-scientific term. They're solid then, are they? That's, that's the good thing. No, exactly. They're supercooled liquids, amorphous, are more supercooled liquids than yeah. solids. A pure solid is, a true solid is, is a crystalline solid. Absolutely. Well done, Ed. Good. Good knowledge of solid state chemistry well, there. We did this a few weeks ago but i was doing solids liquids and gases with the earth sixes and uh saying yeah it doesn't really count yeah no it's not crystalline doesn't really count Turns oh, out i guess i get annoyed what you think it means at least in the science classroom solid does not mean solid oh i get very annoyed with key stage two the cgp case key stage two um science book you know cheese is an example of a solid well not the best no, cheese not in science ain't cheese ain't a bloody solid Sponge, another oh, one. Stinking Bishop. <laughs> stinking Bishop is not a solid, is it? You're not, not some that's really, not really, really right brie as well. You know, it's like you're on it right. Anyway, um, that's it. I think. Um, can I say one or two words, and then you're going to play a song, Ed? Um, one or two okay. words from from um, from from Susie Dent's emotional dictionary that I've just stumbled across. Um, circumbendibus. Circumbendibus. A pointless circular exercise or debate which is pretty much our radio shows. A circumbendibus is not, as you might think, an articulated bus, but like an accordion, you know, like rather like circumlocution, you know, it's a, it's a sort of, um, in which someone goes round and round the same point, much like in Parliament, a circumbendibus or an interview with a politician is a 17th century term for an entirely circular argument that never gets to the point and whose emotional impact is to induce acute frustration in its audience. I thought that was a good, interesting, fun word. Gong goozle to stare vacantly at the activity of others. Gong goozle. Gong goozle. And... What do you think? Do you think it's a real word? Hercules pots. Uh, um, do you know. think those are real words that people really use? Sometimes I look at those Susie Dent words and I think, Susie, I'm not saying you're making them up. 
but I wonder if somebody did. You know, obviously somebody made them up. Their words, yeah. somebody made them up. Oh, they're not readily used, are they? No. Oh, here, the final one, final one. Gosh bustified, excessively pleased. America in the 1830s was the place to be if you were a word lover. The decade saw an explosion of fancy coinages, obscure abbreviations, and all-round linguistic exuberance. Good word, exuberance, I think. Only a handful of creations from the time are with us still. However, among them, the glorious skedaddle. We mentioned that earlier on. Skedaddle. We must skedaddle soon, mustn't we, Ed? We are overrunning. Many more fell by the wayside, including Gosh Bustified, a fanciful mishmash that meant excessively pleased or satisfied. And I'm excessively pleased with our discussion about words <laughs> this week. And it's now time for you to play us out with a song which we both like very much, I think. You can join in. Looking up the words. Yo, pretty ladies around the world, I got a weird thing to show you, so tell the boys and girls, tell your brother, your sister and your mama too. We're about to go down and you know just what to do, wave your hands in the air like you don't care. Glide by the people as they start to look and stare, do your dance, do your dance, do your dance, dance quick. Dance mama. quick mama, come on baby, come on, baby. That, what's the word, word, word up? Everybody say when you hear the call, you gotta get it underway. Word up! Word up! It's a code word, no matter where you say it, you know that you'll be heard. Now, all you sucker DJs who think you're fly, there's got to be a reason, and we know the reason why. Try to put on those airs and to act real cool, you got to realize that you're acting like a f. If it's music, we can use it, be free to dance. We don't have the time for psychological romance. No romance, no romance. Come on, baby, tell me what's the word? Everybody sing when you hear the call. You gotta get it underway. It's the code word. No matter where you say it, you know that you'll be heard. That's all there is of that. We can do the chorus in a little bit, and yeah. if you join in, all the people out there in Radio Land getting ready to do the chorus. Here we go. A one, two, three, word up. Everybody, Everybody say, say when you hear the call, you gotta get it on the way. What up? It's a cold. No matter you say it, you know that you'll be heard. What up? What up? Okay, it it's a great song. song. Um, Is it a ukulele it was, song? Do you think was it born to be a ukulele song? Or it's the don't cameo. It was quite. They were sort of. They were a bit sort of um, electronic, really, weren't they? They were. Um, they weren't. It wasn't really a ukulele song originally. No. Original, but I think it, I think I got away with it. It was covered. It was covered by a band called Gun, who I saw um, supporting Simple Minds at. Wembley Stadium Korn, in 1989. I think Corn covered it. It may have been much, much covered because it is a terrific song with a lovely, a lovely sentiment and some great wordplay. So, um, yeah, well done, yeah. Well done, cameo for that, I'd say. Well, I've really enjoyed our, our chat about words, and I think, I think we're on to a winner here, Ed. I mean, words is obviously <laughs> um, that we, we need to just come up with a, a theme next week. Next, next week. Next week, I know it's not going to be as exciting. What's your favourite number? And is yes. there a number that makes your skin crawl? And we'll just spend about an hour reading that thread to the people. <laughs> is this going to be our best ever? You know, is this going to be like, wow, five hundred people listen to that one in a week? Or, well, or do I don't think, think. I don't think. I mean, numbers aren't quite as mellifluous as words, are they? But oh, what about the? Beauty of the music of the primes. Well, Somewhere exactly. In this house, probably and in the we... box, possibly in the garage. I've got a, a dictionary of interesting numbers, which is like. And if, and if we're talking about primes, it'll give us the excuse to be able to say Eratosthenes over and over again. Um, the, the Greek what, mathematician. People could suggest songs with numbers in, and there's a lot of them. So that would be a really... There's a lot of them. And numbers, numbers, number songs. And also, we could, yeah. if we wanted to, I'm not sure we do, but we could link numbers to maths and then the Rishi Sunak statement about everyone studying maths at 18. Because I wrote a blog about it as well. 
So we could spend poetry. Shall I take that tack? We could uh, we could play nice and nasty, like like on my Jeremy Vine show thing, where where they just like lazy people. You be nice, I'll be nasty. Off we go. You'll be like maths is the most beautiful language in all the world. I'll be like you're killing poetry. You're killing the children. <laughs> we could get an hour out of that easy. We could, we could, but we'll definitely talk about numbers and maybe a little bit of um, whether maths should be compulsory until 18 and, and in what and if it is compulsory till 18 and in what guise and what form and what does that mean and unpick that a little bit as well as talking about numbers because um, there we go we could do 99 red balloons great song that's you're doing that now oh nine next week 99 red balloons okay yes good idea i love that song actually I'd like to Nina particularly when she revealed Nina Nina when she particularly when she revealed her um her proud natural um armpit hair it was rather rather marvelous. I liked that. What? Don't even get into that, mate. I won't be able to contain myself. Um, <laughs> right. Time to ring off. And so it is time to ring to off. Lovely people in Radio Land. So thank you for listening. If you did, and if you didn't, that's understandable and entirely forgivable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and thank you very much to those of you who listen back not live as well we hope you enjoy the show too um we will be back next week with numbers take care everybody skedaddling now you've been listening to teachers talk radio tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org we look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.